Is this thing on? Welcome back, everyone. Backside Ground Ball Podcast, Volume 2 of sorts. Episode 1. It's been a while. It's been two years since the last time we got on and recorded. There's been a lot that's going on in those two years uh, in both of mine and Trevor's lives and also in the sports world. Uh, When we first started the pod, obviously it was right in the height of COVID. It was something to do um, while we had downtime, obviously. And I was working part-time because baseball was shut down. The world was shut down. It was weird. Uh, Trevor was was working um, a little more than me. He was working, running takeouts. um, And we had a lot of fun. Then, unfortunately, we got really busy when the world kind of started to open back up. And in the spring of 2021, Trevor and I got to coach together at the Division II level. Um, We had a blast. It was a really good year. It was a really successful year. And Trevor parlayed that into a coaching job at a different institution for 2022. I stayed at the same school. Um, Trevor had a great year. Uh, We had another fun spring. We had always kind of kept in the back of our mind that we wanted to do this podcast again one day. Well, here we are. The end of July in 2022, we've both retired from coaching college baseball. We're moving on to different things. Um, and we thought, what better time? We have a little more free time. Let's start the pod back up. So hopefully some of you remain. If you did, after two years, we appreciate your support. And if not, hopefully we can pick up some new supporters. Um, here's what we want our show to be about. We want to talk about baseball from a different point of view. We want to talk about Major League Baseball. We want to talk about what's going on in the league, around the league, and we want to do it more from a lens of of two people who were in college baseball for a good bit of time, two people who have been around the league, or around the game, I'm sorry, for a long time, and who are huge fans and who who love the sport, but have a a unique view. Because we we look at a lot of things, I think, from a, a standpoint of player development and from a standpoint of kind of enjoying the game and not always trying to pick holes in it or just the pure fan sense. We're kind of in a, in a different bucket. With that being said, Trev, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm super fired up. Can't wait. Um, so here we are, episode one. There's a lot going on in Major League Baseball. The first half of the 2022 season is over. We've gone through the all-star break and we are rapidly approaching the trade deadline. As we record this, it is Thursday the 28th. It'll be your Friday to whoever listens. The trade deadline's on Tuesday, August 2nd. Um, we're going to get into a lot of trade deadline talk tonight. There's some big things that are going to happen. But first, we thought we would start with a little recap of what we've seen so far this week. Um Major League Baseball came back after the All-Star break last weekend, and they went into this week um, with some pretty good series. The Phillies took two of three from the Braves. The Phillies obviously trying to compete for a um, NL wildcard spot. They're battling the Cardinals for that final wildcard spot in the National League. Uh, Alec Baum is all of a sudden white hot. He had a huge series against the Braves. They were able to take two of three. The Astros, the first place Astros, who are 10 up in the AL West, got swept by the A's on the road. 
which is just one of those. This is a 162-game season series where it's like this is just going to happen. Likewise, the Nationals went out west to L.A. The best record in the National League belongs to the Dodgers. Surprise, surprise, and the Nationals took two of three. The biggest series nationally televised both nights was the Subway Series, the first-place Yankees, the first-place Mets. The Mets swept the Yankees. And I want to touch on this one a little bit. Obviously, a lot of people in our area and across the country are Mets and Yankees fans. Huge market. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, I think for the Mets, a measuring stick series for them of sorts. Uh, The Yankees have been the best team in baseball from from the word go. And, you know, they they came across town to City Field, and the, the Mets took two. Scherzer last night on his birthday was brilliant. The Mets ended up walking off three to two. And the Yankees, it's kind of interesting now because, you know, New York fans, ever so patient. Um, they started to slide a little bit here in the month of July. And I think the thing to remember, again, just like with the Astros going out to Oakland, is a 162-game season. Your slide's going to happen. And I think that's kind of what you're seeing now. It's, it's, and, and what a good time to do it. We've had this conversation. It's a, this is the time. If you're going to go on a slide, this is the slide. This is the time to go on a slide. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's good to see because, you know, like New York is obviously, like you said, in, in very patient fan base. They like to, to wait for for their teams to, to kind of reach their peak and, and get there and, and are very patient through the months that they aren't. But that team came out of the gates hot. And, and honestly, like you look at all the teams that have gone on to win a hundred plus games, whether it was the Dodgers, the Red Sox, a couple years back, they always have that lull. And like you said, no better time, not only now for the dog days of summer, but also considering the fact that the trade deadlines next week. So like, you know, get this rut out of the way and let's figure out what we need. Who was real? Who was fake? You know, what position, what are our real positions of need? Do we need bullpen depth? Do we need starting pitching depth? Do we need outfielders and, and everything like that? And obviously they already made the, the deal for Andrew Benintendi. And I would guess that means Joey Gallo's out the door, but I'm sure they're not done shopping. But, you know, just being able to see you know, them kind of go through this law. I really think for Cashman, it gives him a very good opportunity to evaluate the team and, and get a good glimpse of, of what this team's going to look like come October. Exactly. And I think the point of it being right before the trade deadline is huge too, because, you know, when you think about playing a six month long season, nine month long season, um, if you're, if you're going to win the world series, I think what you have to realize is there's going to be laws. It's natural. Right. And, you know, even when you're the best team and you're winning this many games, there's going to be the skid like you mentioned. But there are little points, right, checkpoints throughout the season that you got to get to and, and can kind of revitalize you, right? The first one is like, okay, it's the excitement, excitement of opening day, and then you, that kind of pushes you through Memorial Day. New season, you're getting to know the new guys. What's this team going to be like? What's this year going to be like? Kind of feeling your way through those first two months. You get to Memorial Day. Okay, now summer's starting. The ballparks fill up a little more. That pushes you up until the All-Star break. Then you get to the All-Star, after the All-Star break, you're, you're getting tired, you're getting beat up, you need that break. Well, then the trade deadline comes, right? So if you hit this lull now, the trade deadline, when you're a contender, okay, and, and you get a couple new faces in there, Benintendi comes in for the Yankees in this case, ah, that's going to excite guys again. Now you kind of yeah. get the juices going again, mm-hmm. right? That, that gives the guys something to be excited about because now they can start to feel it. All right, we've made our moves. These are yeah. the guys that are going to, this is the team we're going to go forth with and try and win a a World Series, and, and that can kind of liven people back up. So 
perfect time to go on a slide. Yep. And really, I, a lot of teams in baseball would take this the slide that they're on. So it's not terrible, yeah. but inevitable. Um, but mm-hmm. I think for the Mets, it was big. Now, the Mets, I think, are playing with a little bit of fire. They're, they they're, they're playing with a little bit of fire in the sense that you know they're getting really good pitching. Obviously, DeGrom's right around the corner coming back from injury. He hasn't thrown an inning all year. When they get him back, that's going to be massive. Yeah. But their offense, there's just still, every year I feel like with the Mets, it's like they're missing a piece. Mm-hmm. They're missing a piece. They're missing a piece. I think, um, you know, we'll cover a little more who their targets should be down the road here. But I just, for me, it's like that offense, I think they're, get, they're getting a little bit of batted ball luck. Yeah. Getting a little bit of batted ball luck. And I think yeah. the game last night, if you look at if you look at it, they're, the Yankees hit the ball way harder than them. They had much better mm-hmm. swings than them, even off Scherzer. Yeah. And the Mets are winning that game, and I think the first night as well. Mm-hmm. So can the Mets hold off the Braves, who have been the best team in baseball since the calendar flipped to June? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, again, getting Benintendi for the Yankees was massive. Um, that is the first kind, That is pretty much the first domino to fall. The Mets yeah. made a couple minor moves last week. No one else has done anything. Mm-hmm. It's about to get crazy. Yes, it is. Um, and I think for a lot of these teams who are – Buying for playoff positioning, right? Everyone has needs just like every year. The market, right? The demand is way ahead of, of, of the supply, just like most trade mm-hmm. deadlines where there's, you know, everyone needs pitching, it feels like. A lot of teams need an impact bat, um, more so than I feel like you normally see. Mm-hmm. And it's going to come down to who can get creative and who can fill the needs best, right? You saw with the Braves last year, they take, you know, four flyers essentially at the trade deadline and it propels them to a World Series. So it's going to be interesting. You know, you can go yeah. around the league and the Mariners who are trying to end the longest round baseball in the playoffs, they've been red hot. Now they're in a position to be buyers and they probably need another bat. They need another arm, right? Everyone in the league needs bullpen help. Mm-hmm. The White Sox, they're on the fence, trade, sell. So I, I'm just excited to see, you know, what some of these teams who are on the fence what are they going to do to make the push? Because, again, it's not necessarily always about the big name. It's about how yeah. creative can a general manager get to just find the right piece to click with your lineup or your staff and, and, and put you over the top. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at the Braves last year. Like you said, it's not always about the big name. Um, you know, they rebuilt their outfield with and really gave up you know, pennies on the dollar compared to what you see some hauls being made at the For trade sure. deadline and some teams, you know, paying top prospect capital and taking on big contracts just to, you know, thinking that they got the finishing piece, but the Braves went and got, you know, three guys and were just like, okay, like now we're going to go win a World Series and, and have one of the most dynamic lineups down the stretch, losing probably our most dynamic player at the midway point. So, you know, you look at that and that's kind of always what the trade deadline is. I think, you know, you always look back at the deals that make the biggest difference. I mean, when it was the the Red Sox a couple years back, they got Steven Pierce. It's like, and mm-hmm. the guy goes on to be a World Series MVP. Last year it was Jorge Soler. So, you know, the Dodgers have always been the team that's the kind of the big game hunters at the trade deadline. And, and they've only got one World Series to show for it. And I don't even think it was the year that they really went went big game fishing there um, in 2020 um, in the shortened year. And obviously they're always looking to add, but you know, it's about the right pieces. It's about, you know, kind of complementary pieces, which like you mentioned about Ben and Tendy being the first domino, I don't think he's the most 
Like the best way I describe it is Benintendi in the Royals lineup is not that valuable, right? High average hitter, high on base guy, good defense, but one trick pony. So like you go when you're one trick pony and and you're kind of relying on batting average. If you don't, if you go one for 15, you're going one for 15 with a single, like no bags, good defense, whatever. Whereas you're kind of hedging your bets that you're going to go 12 for 15 the next week and, and kind of balancing that out, which is why I always have a hard time kind of hedging my bets on an average guy, which was my cause for concern with DJ LeMahieu making the switch out of Colorado. And we all see what he's done in New York. And that's the Andrew Benintendi piece is the fit in the lineup, right? So he might not go there and you know, if he hits 280 in the second half in terms of wins above replacement, like he might be a wash, you know, because he's not slugging or he's not stealing bases. He's just playing good defense, kind of just hitting 280, getting on base at a 325 clip. But having that guy penciled in in the one hole, if they get some more pieces, maybe even fall into the lower end of the order and just building depth and just being able to be, you know, that multifaceted lineup that's able to beat you in multiple different ways, right? The guy that's going to battle, wear you out, put a ball and play hard, two-strike approach, the things that, you know, sometimes get lost in building a lineup. When you can combine guys like Judge, Rizzo, Torres, and Stanton, and then pencil them in between guys like DJ and Benny, it's like a pitcher's got to work because he can't put Benny down because he's sitting there fighting off changeups off the plate, and then you, next thing you know, you wasted nine pitches in the top of the first, and guess who's walking up? MVP Aaron Judge, and then guess who's after him? Anthony Rizzo, and then guess who's and then you you face murderers row basically. So you know sometimes I think you know I always believe in adding the most value, but you have to realize that lineups aren't fantasy fantasy baseball lineups at the end of the day you know they don't just kind of produce based off of what stats they put up they produce off of what they can do to a pitcher and how you build that is kind of having a little bit of everything right well and i think it's also to your point it's the fit in the lineup right and sometimes when i think about the teams that go big game hunting and then don't it doesn't put them over the top right a lot of times what you see is the smaller moves your examples of Steve Pierce and, and Jorge Soler are perfect, right? Because sometimes when you go big game hunting, that changes an entire lineup. That changes an entire field of clubhouse. Now you're bringing in an alpha, right? You bring in Manny Machado, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. There, and it's like, okay, now you're bringing an alpha of an alpha. You're bringing a guy who's a star. And, and don't get me wrong, you should make that deal. But why sometimes I don't think it works out like some of these smaller moves is because the dynamics for the most part have been set in a big league clubhouse. These guys have been together since February. These guys know how each one ticks. The guys who are the leaders are the leaders, Mm -hmm. right? And, you know, you go to New York, right? Like Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, those guys are the leaders. Those guys are the the ones who are leading the charge in there. Andrew Benintendi isn't going to come in and and ruffle any feathers. Like you said, he's Mm going to slide into the, to the, to the leadoff spot he's going to be a high on base guy so that Aaron Judge can homer and there's going to be a guy on first when he does it Mm -hmm. and he's going to play he's going to continue to help solidify their outfield defense and those are the moves that work right again with the Braves right that's Freddie Freeman's team last year Dansby had become a pro's pro Dansby was starting Mm -hmm. to gain a voice there right of course with Acuna out they needed a little more voice they take those guys Eddie Rosario great role player Jorge Soler Mm -hmm. great role player 
They yeah. come in, they make the impact because they fit, right? It's a creativity. Yes. It's not always about going to get those big guys, mm-hmm. you know? Exactly. That's an interesting segue, yeah. though. Yeah. Because this next exercise here, there's one, the biggest star on the market after turning down a $450 million contract, Juan Soto is going to be moved by the Washington Nationals, which is probably the biggest trade deadline trade you could have. Ever. He's 23 years old. He still probably isn't in his peak. He's the best pure hitter in baseball. He's a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's 23 and he's going to get moved at the deadline. And there are a lot of teams who are going to be offering a lot of things. So what we're going to do here, Trev, you're going to take on the role of general manager for the Washington Nationals. You've been hired. Congratulations. Your dream job has come true. And I'm going to play the GM of a bunch of different teams here. And we're going to try and find a trade for Juan Soto. Okay? I have about seven trades or so. Um... And we're going to see who can fit and if we can find a fit for Soto. I don't want to, you know, go back and forth too, too much because I have so many. But I'm going to start with a few. And I just want to give you what we'll go back and forth a little bit. How about that? Yeah. That worked for you? Yeah, that's perfect. All right. I just took the job in Houston and I'm going to pick up the phone. I'm in first place. I probably need pitching, but there's a 23-year-old who I can pair in a lineup with Jordan Alvarez for the foreseeable future if I want to. I don't have the capital, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't call you. Mm -hmm. All right? So my offer to you is going to be Hunter Brown, Colin Barber, Yanir Diaz, Drew Gilbert, Kyle Tucker, and Alex Bregman. Hmm. Well, if you need me to read back any of those names, yeah, I mean, you could have went in a bit. Would you go alphabetical on me? (laughs) (laughs) I dropped my big leaguers in there late. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like the headliner Hunter Brown. What are we? What are we doing? I mean, what you know? What is Alex Bregman to the Washington Nationals? At this point, right. then. So, you know, I'm going to pay his money. Are you taking on a bad contract? You want Steven Strasburg, too, on that back? I, I would probably... This is why. This is where I would think this deal would break down as well. Mm-hmm. Because the Astros are not going to do that, right? The Astros are going to want to lock up Jordan. They got Verlander on a big deal. Jeremy Pena eventually here looks like he's a rookie, but he looks like that's going to be a big ticket item. And to me, for you to say yes to this deal, right, if you're the Nationals, if you're Mike Rizzo, you would have to throw in Jeremy Pena. Yeah. And if you're the Astros, you just can't do it. You can't do that. You can't. To be be honest with you, I I think Kyle, I think you only need Kyle Tucker in there, to be honest with you. So my biggest thing is is the major league piece, right? Alex mm-hmm. Bregman, like the only thing I'm doing if I get Alex Bregman 
is turning around and call, hoping his value increases over the second half because he's he's swinging it better. His swings are getting better. So that's another point of the Astros. Like you're basically selling a guy that you had as an MVP a couple years back, yep. not a long time ago, two years ago. He was one of the best players in baseball. Played good defense. He lives off the Crawford boxes. He knows how to hug a pole with backspin and not take it foul. Everything. So. I mean, that might entice me to be like, let's have this guy have a good second half and then we'll flip him in the offseason. That's just the toughest part is Alex Bregman doesn't help the Washington Nationals' future. Kyle Tucker, I think, is is a good starting piece. The issue is the prospect packages. Because at the end of the day, what, what your – Kyle Tucker is as a headliner is pretty much what we're talking about, I think, the Nationals – should be looking for and obviously i'm sitting in that chair right now is i'm looking for that guy because if you look at statistically over the history of baseball one of the parts that is has to be understood from the washington national standpoint is you are not winning this trade i am not winning this trade I am not trading Juan Soto and getting more value back in return. If you look at every team that has acquired an MVP candidate on a year-to-year basis, that going into the trade year, and like Miguel Cabrera was 25 when he got traded. And they look at look at what he did for the Detroit Tigers, right? When he got traded from the Marlins to the Tigers, he was 25. He was two years old. You get Juan Soto for two more years. Then the Tigers had Miguel Cabrera, and he went on to be amazing for them. Right? So statistically speaking and based off of history, you are not winning this trade. What you're doing is realizing that you need to maximize Juan Soto's value because you will not win before he hits free agency. And he's adamant about hitting free agency as of what it seems and with the ownership situation that we're dealing with over here in Washington. It's a mess. And we right. can't we can't pony well, up five fifty. And that's the big well, the biggest thing is too, is is it's dangerous for a twenty three year old to sign a contract and not know who the owner of the team is going to be in a few years. Exactly. So that's what puts them in a box. And exactly. you're right, they're not gonna win the trade. So let let let's move on here. Okay. I am going to turn into Ross Atkins of the Toronto Blue Jays. I have a ton of young talent who is starting to figure it out, and I possibly have a chance now to add a, a, a superstar. So I'll give it to you. I'll lead with my my headliner, if that makes you happier. I'm going to offer you Bo Bichette. I'm going to offer you Gabriel Moreno, Relvis Martinez, Ricky Tideman, and Brandon Berea. See, that's like that's close. Like in all honesty, and again, the these are the packages that we're looking for: is MLB talent and your top three to four prospects, right? Am I splitting hairs at the point of that fourth piece? You know, like my biggest thing is I want. I would rather take, I mean, at that point, you're talking about the top three prospects. So it's not like we can get better than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want MLB player, Bo valuable, young, controllable. We could lock them up when we get our ownership situation 
figured out, plays up the middle, you know, good marketable player, everything like that. It's, I want, and this is the toughest part, and there's only a couple, this is why the trade's going to be so hard. Gabriel Moreno is obviously right. stud prospect. But, like, we're looking at needing a top 10 surefire prospect as that second piece. And that that's where it becomes tough. That's why, you know, we'll pick up the phone and call Brian Cashman. He's not getting a deal done. He's not. Right. Because he doesn't have the MLB player unless they want to move Glaber Torres. And the Nat, Glaber Torres hits free agency the same year as Juan Soto. So that's not happening. But they have Anthony Volpe. And it's like, okay, now we're talking. But. Having, and Oswaldo Peraza, right? Yeah, exactly. So being able to have the MLB piece plus the top five to ten prospect is starting the baseline. One of these biggest mistakes that MLB GMs make, and again, who am I to say? I'm Mike Rizzo for the day, so I do have the right to say, is trying to <laughs> trade for depth. Taking four prospects for a rental, thinking that maybe one pans out. No Orioles. That was the last hurrah of right. previous management. Manny Machado for four top 30 prospects from the Dodgers. The Dodgers are laughing at you. You go one Correct. for one, Manny Machado for a t- one of their top prospects. So if I'm Mike Rizzo, I'm looking at big leaguer, your best prospect. What's the best prospect we can get? Best big leaguer, best prospect, and then your next two, which have to be really good. But I'm not taking six or seven guys and restocking our whole no. farm system. I well, need the and most And I think talent. the biggest, th- and the biggest thing when you try and do that is again, even these top prospects, right? And you just said it, close to a surefire thing, because there's yeah. no such thing. No, there's never going to be a surefire prospect, right? So when you take seven lottery tickets, you're playing with fire, and yep. On the flip side, though, from my standpoint, not as Mike Rizzo, I think the tough thing is that, you know, as I sit here as these other GMs is, you know, if I'm Toronto, I just gave up a a, a decent haul last year for Berrios. Doesn't look great right now. I'm not that deep in my farm system. Can I give up a Moreno for a Soto? Yeah, I want Juan Soto. Mm Because that star power coming to Toronto to pair with Vlad Jr. for the next 15 years. And we have two of the most dynamic, you know, marketable, fun, young players in baseball. It's tempting. But is it realistic? I don't know. I'm going to, I am now going to become Rick Hahn, general manager of the White Sox here. And I, this is my favorite package just because I think it could be interesting. Um, the White Sox are in a, in a strange place, but I've decided, you know what, we're going to go for it. Our division's, our division's not great, okay? Even though we've struggled, we're, we're playing 500 baseball, we have a lot of expectations to start the year. And you know what? We've had a lot of injury luck, bad injury luck, and we're going to go for it. We're going to get this guy who's a generational talent, who then I'm going to try and lock up moving forward. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you Eloy Jimenez, I'm gonna give you Oscar Colas, I'm gonna give you Colson Montgomery, Brian Ramos, Lennon Sosa, and I'll even throw in Andrew Vaughn for you. Because for me, if I can get Soto and plug him in there and I can pair him with the rest of my lineup, I got some aging vets, 
I got some, you know, I got a Luis Robert, some guys who are younger who can still play the game, and I'm going to go for it because if, I feel like if I can just get in and we can figure out Lucas Giolito, maybe we can make a run at this thing. Yeah, I think the question marks, right? Andrew Vaughn swings it great. He's a stud, but he's a first baseman, right? Those guys grow on mm-hmm. trees. Obviously, he swings about really good, but the question mark of Eloy and then that the prospects, it just doesn't get it done, right? Right. I'm, again, same situation. I'm taking Luis Robert, and you can get rid of the rest of them. Right. You pick up the phone, right. you call me with Eloy Jimenez and Andrew Vaughn. I say, how about you keep those? I'll take Luis Robert and you can call me back. And that's it. Keep your prospects, too. I don't care. Keep them. We'll throw in. Yeah, throw in the top guy. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Right. right. But no, like, I, like, again, like, it's just like that guy. Like, even thinking about the Blue Jays going back, like, I'm probably leaning towards hanging up, telling you, call back with Alec Manoa and Gabriel Moreno, and maybe we can talk. Right, and that hurts your pennant race right there. They're not deep on the right. It's Alec Manoa and Kevin Gossman, so you got to make a decision there. All right, so we're still we're still searching for this deal. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna hold off on what I think might be able to get it done to the last couple. Okay. All right. I think there's three that might have an opportunity here. So I'm gonna first though. I'm going to head out to the Pacific Northwest. I'm going to put on the hat of Jerry DePoto. This is a long shot. I put this one together because I think this would be the most fun. I don't know if Soda wants to play in Seattle. But, man, I just because I have a, a soft spot for the Mariners, I said, I'm going to try and throw together a package. Yeah, I know what you want. As Mike yep, Rizzo, you know I can't I give it to you. Let's start there. Yeah, exactly. Can't happen. Because <laughs> I want those two. I want. <laughs> I want those two together. So for everyone who doesn't know, me and Trevor share one of our favorite players in baseball is Julio Rodriguez. I will not give him up. Yeah. Trevor would want him. He would hang up if if he he would hang up on me if I didn't offer him. He said, "Don't." I can tell you what he's going to say. He's going to say, "You know what? Call me back when you're willing to get rid of Rodriguez." But I'm not going mm-hmm. to. So I'm going to try and offer you some other things. A lot of question marks. A lot of question marks. But just tell me where we're at and how close. All right, give me how close to if this even moves the needle. Noel V. Marte, obviously. Look, man, this guy can be your shortstop for the next 20 years. He's a, he's going to be a superstar. Jared Klenick, I know he struggled, but let's get him a change of scenery. He was once a top prospect in baseball. I'm going to give you Emerson Hancock. The kid's the kid's dynamite. The kid's really good. I know he's had some injury issues. He's a very good pitcher. Matt Brash, he's exploding stuff. He could become a star, figure out how to harness him. Harry Ford, and then I'll give you Kyle Lewis. So this, is, this would be my response right here. If... As Mike Rizzo, would you have traded Julio Rodriguez to me four months ago for Juan Soto? Wow. No, probably not. As crazy as that sounds. Before the Before. Before he's become the superstar. Before he put on the show, correct. Correct. Yeah. To to everyone around, he became a superstar. And I'm to saying those he was of us, scuffling at the Hopefully, if of the I'm year. running the team, I understand that. But the tools have been there. 
we knew this was coming. We yeah. knew this was coming. We knew this was coming. This was not a a. He was as close to a surefire yeah. as you were going to get. Yeah, but the you reality of the situation. Him and Wanda Franco are the two closest yeah. I've seen. And but the and reality four months of ago, it. maybe potentially. Yes. But the only reason I'm going to say I wouldn't have four months ago is because I really liked the work I had done. Yes, in the of course, of course. And I would have said, I'm not giving yeah. up Julio because mm-hmm. I like. I, I I got I Jesse Baker this offseason. Yep. I got A. Eugenio Suarez. I think we got the team. I'm not going to yep. do that. Now I'm in That's a little fair. bit of a different spot. Look, my boys are hot. They want something, but I mm-hmm. can't. You know, you can't give up Julio. So I I knew that one was a long shot. The, but but let me just put it to you: it's like fun to even dream. even with what Julio's done to get Juan Soto, to put in a perspective to anybody who's listening to it, to get Juan Soto, you're talking about Julio Rodriguez and George Kirby. I mean, it, the reality of it yes. is Juan Soto yes. is 23 yes. years old. Yes, Julio's great. He's everybody's favorite right now. He's a superstar in the making and everything like that. But it, the, the point of everything I just said that only matters in this setting is he's a superstar in the making. Juan Soto's two years he's not old. He's there yet. Him. He's a superstar. Yep. He is a superstar. He is a MVP candidate. He is has top five finishes the last three years of the MVP, like we are talking about the guy that you hope Julio Rodriguez becomes 80% of. And sure, like the probability of that today, 80%, right? 90% maybe. But if I'm like Rizzo, I can't hinge my bets on that. Just, oh, I like, so we're not even talking about the Nationals wouldn't accept Julio Rodriguez straight up for Juan Soto. I do not think they would. Maybe because they don't think they're going to be a content. Like, that might be the best deal they get. That's the only reason why. But in terms of right. what Juan Soto's value is, that's not an equal trade. And the Nationals don't win that trade either. I know he's the fan favorite right now, and everybody wants to love him, and he's great. But that's the reality. But if you're the Nationals, I think you I, – I understand that from a from a just a player perspective. In the right here and now, you're not winning the trade. Yeah, you win the trade with Julio Rodriguez. Here's I think why. So. Yeah, here's why you win the trade because Juan Soto is walking. Yes, you're not. He's not going to be on your team for much longer. Mm-hmm. You, you might be able to lock up a Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, and as a as an opposing GM, that's what my response is going to be: is Hey, yeah. this guy's gone. So you better. I'm offering you all this. Yep. You might want to take your chances. You might exactly because. But if, if yeah, that's the case... Or you can just let him play this thing out, and then he's yeah. gone. Yeah. And, but Which if that's what's the gonna, case, I'm eventually saying... eventually going to force your hand. Yeah. I'm saying, all right, well, I have... I mean, at the end of the day, Mike Rizzo has the Trump card. It's like, I'll I'll call you back tomorrow. Right? Because they're sure. the one that won. That's Everybody what he's going to have to do. Because at the Correct. end of the day... Like, and what's... and he's, he's going to... You're going to have to pin these teams against each other, right? Yeah. It's like, hey, call the Dodgers. Hey, um... Jerry Depoto just offered Julio Rodriguez straight up for Juan Soto. What do you think about that? Yeah. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. You, 100%. You, you yes. want him? Right. All right. So before, be- before that phone call comes, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to turn into AJ Preller here. I'm going to take the I'm going to take over the San Diego Padres. I love making trades. There's nothing I love more than making trades. That's true. Um that's what we do in San Diego. And I want to make a splash because I want people to get excited about us. We're trying to chase down these doggone Dodgers. And I think if I can put Juan Soto in the middle of my order, 
we can get a deal done. So I'm going to give you C.J. Abrams. I'm going to give you Robert Hassel, James Wood, Luis Campusano. And you know what? I have a guy named Mike Clevenger who's pretty cheap, and you can flip him in the offseason if you want. You can flip him tomorrow after you get him. He doesn't have to touch down in D.C., but he can be a chip because everybody needs starting pitching. Mackenzie Gore. And I got Gore. extra. Mackenzie Gore I'll throw is in the Mackenzie headline. Gore. I'll throw in Mackenzie Gore. And we're talking. Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, and Robert Hassel. We're making strides. Now, Mackenzie Gore a week ago is different than Mackenzie Gore today. He just got put on the shelf with an elbow injury. Right? No question. But if we're no talking question. about a week ago, and Nationals have shown they're not afraid to take on Tommy John, guys, I will not be surprised if Mackenzie Gore is the best the pro guy that comes back in this deal. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't be surprised here. The reason I left Gore off this is because of the elbow thing. I would like to keep him, but I, I think if you substitute Gore for Clevenger here, I think that's probably closer to the deal yeah. that gets done. I know you're saying Abrams and Gore and Hassel, but I think they're going to have to. I think they'll because again, Rizzo's going to be able to pin these teams. He's they're if I'm again, I'm not trying to turn into to Mike Rizzo here. It's not my role tonight, but I'm gonna be like. Yeah, well, the, you should hear what the Dodgers are offering me. Especially so, to, a couple to more AJ Preller? Correct. Gonna, He'll, and, and he already lost out on the Scherzer. And Wood and, yeah, he already correct. lost so, out on the on the Trey Turner Scherzer trade. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, in terms of prospect, Paul, we're like Robert Hassel, the reports that people are giving on Robert Hassel is like special. Right. Like, yep. like he's got to yep. do more. He's got to be in the minor leagues for a little bit longer. But to get that seven, eight, potential um, that the guys like Shohei, Tatis, Vlad had before they graduated. Um, But in terms of that prospect, you know, I'm not the biggest C.J. Abrams fan. I know Mike, as Mike Rizzo, I scout myself. So, you know, we obviously have have our preferences. But um, I think undersized guy, light with the power, um, not great exit velocity numbers, kind of flashes the max exit velocity numbers. But you know who else does? AJ, Victor Robles. And look at what he's yep. doing for us now. So yep. I got to be cautious would take him, with You would take him ball. in that heat. Yeah, yeah. Would you he, not take him would, in that? I would have yeah, to get, I would have to get, like he wouldn't be my third piece in that deal, right? So Robert has Correct. to me, like, again, I did my own scouting. I'm going with my preferences. I have to love <clears throat> Campusano. Or would mm-hmm. to the point of outweighing, right? Because not everybody goes off of MLB.com, right? These guys have their scouting departments, their right. their own rankings for the. So if somebody comes to me and says, and and the Padres depth wise have kind of been chipped away, you know, I think there's teams out there that could kind of like you, you could see a top a non top 100 industry wide prospect move. I mean, you look at. Um, one of the guys, I forget his name off the top of my head, that was sent to the Cubs from the Padres that, like, was kind of like a no-name. Like, and, like, it was like, the industry was like, no, like, this guy's a, a yeah, stud. right. And that's what you, you could end up seeing down the road here um, with, like, like C.J. Abrams might be the throw-in, right? And we have Wood graded out as a six-player, all-star caliber, ceiling through the roof. He's our third piece with Abrams and Camposano on the back end. 
It's gonna be it's gonna be a big haul. Alright. I'm finally gonna pick up the phone. I'm taking over the brain trust in Los Angeles. I'm gonna try and slide Juan Soto into Dodger Blue. I've went and I've I've done it before with Machado. I'm gonna give you Gavin Lux, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, Miguel Vargas, and we'll throw in James Outman. The tough part about this is Tony Gonsolin, right? Gavin Lux is he's a player, but he's not like if if I because if if you're offering Gavin Lux, I'm gonna call the Padres back and get Jake Conerworth. Because he can play right. more positions, and I think he's got projectable power, and he's going to continue to add. You know what? What's Gavin? Gavin looks streaky, man. Right? Can we rely on that? Bobby Miller, he he has more broken bats in the minor leagues than in history. Right? He's great, <laughs> but he's punching out double A players right now. Right? Um, we gotta we gotta get the guy that that's doing it at the big league level. So you know, if I'm hinging my bets on a, on a guy that's Big league, ready to go. You got to be showing a look. Gavin Lux, your your OPS in eight hundred plus, like you're above league average. But right. I can also go get Jake Cronenworth, and I'm sure the Padres aren't going to think twice about replacing their lineup. Jake Cronenworth, the lefty in their lineup at the top, with Juan Soto, lefty in their lineup, whatever the prospect all they have to give up plus Jake Cronenworth. So if we're comparing Lux to to Cronenworth, I'm taking Cronenworth. My scouts love him. Yeah, and I think I think the tough thing for the Dodgers too, if you talk about Gonsolin coming back, is that's just something that they can't they can't afford they can't, it. They can't, they can't do afford it. it. No, he's exactly. Been, he's, been, he's been he's been too good for them mm-hmm. at a position where you can't have enough of, especially come playoff time. It makes them too dynamic. And if he continues to pitch the way he does, the only reason I would consider it is is you add Juan Soto to that lineup and. It's going to be a nightmare for other teams, and you can probably survive without him. And yeah. you probably are in a good position to re-sign Soto. Now, you're paying a lot of guys a ton of money. Yes. So now you're, you're talking, you're, you're going to have the highest payroll in baseball for yes. years to come. So that's can, an interesting one, though. Can we, I do want to talk about that. The Dodgers are the one team that, I mean, they could, but I, I, I think they're pushing. Like, I think every team... Like the Yankees can sign Soto and Judge if, if they were able to pull it off. It doesn't sound like they're they're trending in that direction. It sounds like the Nationals are heading in the direction for pretty much the packages that we're discussing of big league talent. Right. And then the Yankees don't have it, right? Like not even like Glaber Torres. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't. Correct. Not, whether no. they would move them or not, it, it doesn't move the needle for the Nationals right now. Um, so the Dodgers are the one team payroll-wise that – it would be hard to, you know, you let yes, it would. you let Bellinger go. Yes, like that's that's the end result of that. And you bring up your next in your factory that I would consider the Dodgers minor league system. It's not even a player development anymore. It's just factory. And <laughs> pencil in whatever future valuable big leaguers you have in that minor league system. But when you're talking about the money that they've doled out, Long term, and because they they just add and they add and they add and they add, and, and that's how they should be. But can they bite off 
500 million more? It's tough. It'll it'll be tough because they're already over the luxury tax, right? As it sits, are you going thirty right. mil? Thirty right. mil over the luxury you, tax? You would be the highest years? payroll in baseball for years to come, and it, it, with no end there, in sight. Uh, no end in sight. So that's where they they definitely get tricky. Um, I got one more for you. I'm trying to get. I really want to get this deal done. Um, and actually, this team has been floated out there a lot as the possible team to get them. The St. Louis Cardinals. I'm John Mazalik, and I'm going to offer you Nolan Gorman, Dylan Carlson, Jordan Walker, Matthew Libertor, and Mason Wynn. All young. I know a lot of those guys aren't quite proven. I know Gorman and Carlson are just getting their feet wet in the big leagues, but they've proven to be above average major league guys. Yeah. And those other guys are the best I got yeah. to offer. Yeah, you said if you're sending that, I mean, I don't even know if the Cardinals would send that, in all honesty. Um, I think if they're going Carlson and and Gorman, Gorman I'm going, yeah. I, I'm going if, if I'm the Cardinals, which because I think Mike Rizzo is saying, Thank you very much. It was a pleasure working with you. Let's go play baseball. Like have fun with Juan Soto. It's great. To, to me, I did this last because I figured this would be the deal to get it done. So in our yeah. world, on the backside ground ball world, Juan Soto is now a Cardinal. A Cardinal. To me, I think even if you're the Cardinals, I'm going to hear your response in a second. But I think this is you, you pull the trigger on that. Yeah. Sure. Am I now? Did I just give up one of the top shortstop prospects in baseball? Yes. Again, guy that doesn't have a lot of juice. He's going to be a premier defender. He's got a hose. I'd love hose. to see him on a mound just he for did. fun. He pitched in the minor leagues. He was a two-way. He was drafted as a two-way. Right. I want to see him on the mound just for fun. Um, Gorman could be special. The guy rakes. He's a doubles machine. But if I throw Juan Soto and sandwich him in between Paul Goldschmidt and yeah. Nolan Arenado, yeah. and I have Juan Yepes, and I had I, I held on to Tommy Edmond who plays defense. I held on to Tyler O'Neill in this deal. Yeah. I've I managed to hold on to Tink Henson in this deal, who's an arm that's going to be pretty that's good what, for me. This yeah. this move right here takes the Cardinals from competing for the third wild card spot to now probably winning the NL Central and yeah. no one wanting to face them yeah. in the playoffs. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is honestly, if I'm looking at Liberator or, or somebody like that, I'm probably like I would almost transition to. As Mike Rizzo, more of a Joshua Baez, Tink Hens preference. Yeah. Yep. Like for those fourth and fifth pieces, right? We're talking Gorman, we're talking Carlson, we're talking Walker, right? If that's the route we go, if we prefer win, sure, we prefer win. Whatever we rate as their top prospect, right? And then I'm finishing that deal off with the youngest and highest ceiling guys I can get, right? I'm going right. Tink Hens, and I'm going Josh Baez, and probably the Cardinals from their standpoint are like, heck yeah, right? Because you're trading, right. you know, well, in baseball, and again, you're talking about again, 100 to is, 150 prospects. Like, they're well, not you top take, prospects. And you take the World Series, and you take yeah. the World Series, yeah, or the shot at a World Series, and then I try and lock them up. And now yeah. I've got Goldschmidt, Arenado, and Soto, I mean, I got Arenado on a steal of a deal from the, you know, I got Goldschmidt on a good deal, who is aging gracefully. 
Yes. And all of a sudden, you know, that team, man. And we know that them, they're, like, if I'm sitting in the seat of the Cardinals, I, I know that I'm going to continue to have pitching prospects. I yeah. know I'm going to continue to develop arms. I know mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to have arms that that are able to get out to the big league level because that's just what we've always done. And factor in the fact that they're always going to have the guys like Juan Yepes and and Tommy Edmonds. They find those Correct. guys. So Correct. when that's what they say, that's yep. that's what they say about these trades is it's getting cheaper and cheaper every year to acquire above average big league talent. And for whatever reason, teams, I don't, I don't understand it because if I'm no. selling, like I don't right. know why teams aren't more aggressive on a guy like Juan Soto because I can go get a Cesar Hernandez to play second half, second base for the first half, and with Juan Soto in the lineup and him hitting nine, we can go add a guy at the trade deadline, right? So right. why are we holding on? To a Matthew, Matthew Liberator in a prospect in a package, because we can find a three out there. They're ever right. they, nowadays they you, grow on trees. It feels like if you are doing the right things, right? So if, if yeah, you, you have to be comfortable in your player development and in your organization to be able to develop those guys and to be able to continuously yeah. turn them over. And I think a lot of the organizations don't want to, and yeah. a lot of these guys in these high high pressure jobs. Are saying if Libertor turns out to be an ace and this Soto thing doesn't work out and we don't win the World Series, mm-hmm. my butt's on the block. And I just think that's the, the complete yeah. opposite way I would look at opposite it. Opposite way. Shoot, Completely. man. Yeah. And shoot. And that's that's the it's it's unreal because you look at the Orioles, like they've literally built their team off of using major league average players and penciling them into their right. rebuild and then sprinkling in an Adley Rutschman, Ryan Mountcastle, Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Trey Mancini, right? And take and now, Dean And then Kramers, wait for the arms to come. And then, right. Exactly. And just wait and wait and wait because we can just – and that's why payrolls are so low because major league average players grow on trees. Bullpen Correct. arms grow on trees. Major league average oh, starting well, pitchers and- grow on trees. So why are we going to sit here and worry about our – team depth or having a a two-win second baseman you know and not moving like a dylan carlson like dylan carlson was a top prospect everything like that but if he turns out to be a two-win guy for the next four years before he hits free agency you're freaking kicking yourself if you wouldn't include him and you know because the nationals are going to want Gorman. but if carlson's the guy that you don't want to move and he just became becomes a slightly above average big leaguer never develops into like all-star and elite talent like you can find and why would i want one soto exactly you can find a corner outfielder on every Mm -hmm. corner and it just the history tells you when you make these moves as the person getting juan soto there is there has never never in mlb history been a package that has outweighed the production of getting an mvp caliber player it doesn't mlb history like they, Baseball America did the research. They showed there has never been a team that has walked away. Even Ken Griffey going to the the Reds and being right. injured, he still right. had the same OPS plus as Mike Cameron and had the same amount of home runs. Does not it? You never, never right. are going pull to the trigger. That. Pull the trigger. Get the and that's what the Dodgers have done, right? 
That's what they do. Well, and, the, year and in again, and year, though, and they trust they play developers. And the others, yes, correct. And that's where it is. You have to have good player development in place. It all starts there. Yeah. I, it, it just does because you yeah. could you could tank if you if you continue to sell and you have to be selling for the right guy. Don't get me wrong. Again, it does come down to fit. Yes. I know we, we talked about that earlier, so it does come down to fit. But to me, it's like you should be willing to get creative and you should be willing to move pieces. You just then have to do a good job to build the stock back up. Um, yeah. We're running a little long. We got a couple more guys we want to do. We'll try and move through it quick. We're now going to switch roles. You're going to try and, and, and move some. You're going to play the role of, of um, seller again. Right, and you're gonna offer me. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm gonna play the role of seller, and you're gonna yeah. try and come and get a couple of the top arms on the market: Frankie Montas and Luis Castillo. Who do you want to start with? Let's start with. Let's start with Frankie Montas. Let's do it. All right. So, I'm the New York Yankees. Castillo's price is getting a little high, right? Okay. I'm gonna try to get out of here. Still holding on to my top shortstop prospect. I'm giving you Dominguez and Waldachuk. That's it. For Frankie Montas. Year and a half. Um, As the Oakland A's, I think I'm going to say yes. And I know that was quick. The reason I'm going to take my chances on that is I have nothing. nothing. Let's be honest. Let's be realistic about where the Oakland trades. A's are. They always lose trades. And let's be let's be realistic. Their prospect system, their farm system is down. We don't have enough money. The MLB is trying to force me out of a stadium. So I'm fighting off relocation, a stadium move here. I got one piece that's really going to get any demand. And if the Yankees are calling me with an outfielder who has that many tools yes, and a pitcher with that plus of stuff, mm-hmm. I'm telling Brian Cashman to enjoy his World Series. Yes. I know I'm scarred from the early 2000s probably. But still, take, take him and I'll take Montas. And hopefully you guys win a World Series. And... uh it was good doing business. Yeah, exactly. And and to be honest with you, I I don't know if I shot high. I don't, because in reality, I, I went with something that like if I'm the A's, I'm looking for. Right? Like you said, I'm looking. Like they right. need a spark plug in that minor league system. Right? Correct. So when you're talking about a guy as talented as Jason Dominguez, like that's what right. you need. You don't need... Everson Perrier no. and Waldachuk being the nope. headliner and sprinkling no. Peraza, two Volpe, more no. young guys. Like Yeah. No. Even like those top guys, like if I'm if I'm calling about Frankie Montas, I'm Oswald Perez and Volpe are that's too much for us. Right. We gotta we gotta we gotta right. keep one of them at least. But I'm not even starting that conversation, right? We're starting our top prospect we're gonna move is Dominguez. Right? That like what the A's have done so wrong is exactly what we've been talking about is they traded for depth. They would trade 
you know, Matt Olson, and then they would get Christian Pache and, you know, um, the catcher who hit the home run and the Shea Langliers and stuff like that who right. are just project as average big leaguers. That's all they are. And then you you add in lower-level prospects. No, I need high, high-ceiling prospects. Correct. Well, and, and not only that, but a guy... You're talking about a 19-year-old who has 60-grade raw power, who could has the potential to to just be something that I haven't had. I mean, I had it in Matt Olson and, and Matt Chapman, but now you're talking about someone with even more tools than those guys, right? Mm-hmm. You're talking about a guy who could potentially develop into a middle-of-the-order bat, a guy who's a, a perennial all-star, a, a, and I'll take that. And then you want to throw yeah. him to Chuck? I mean, I, I need that. Yeah. I need that. I don't have arms that are my, my – I have no arms. No so, arms. You know, thank you. All right, let's do Castillo real quick. Castillo, well, I mean, technically, I if let's put it this way: if I was the Yankees, I'm offering one of the two shortstops, and then probably Waldachuk, and probably right. Perrier, and trying to get done, and probably getting some interest there, I guess. Yeah, I think I think you would potentially the Yankees. I mean, if you add Luis Castillo into to that rotation, because you know. Nestor's going to regress to the mean a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, you have your ace in Garrett Cole. You plug in Castillo, the rest of those guys. The way he's throwing right about. now, too. He's, he's getting, well, the way like he's he, throwing, the way he's figured out his stuff, he's figured out the fastball. I, he's just, I mean, and he's so much more poised. He's learning how to pitch. He's matured so well. Yes. So it would need to be that. But any other destinations? Yeah, if I'm the Toronto Blue Jays, because I mean in I reality, like I think both both teams, the Yankees and Blue Jays, should be all over both Montas and Castillo. Mm-hmm. We're starting with Relvis Martinez. Moreno's untouchable. I know we got Kurt. I know we got Kurt, but we're talking about top catching prospect and baseball catchers are our value. You can have a, you can have two, and we do have a DH. I'm going Martinez, Tiedemann, and Manuel, Manuel Beltre. So you're getting two and three and probably our highest ceiling prospect in the low miners. I mean, wow. To me, would you be willing to throw in Groshans? Do you want my opinion on that, or do you want what if I was the Toronto Blue Jays? I would say, or what want, the Toronto. I want, I want. I want. Give me your opinion on that. My opinion is flat out. I don't know because there's something went wrong with Jordan Groshans, and only the people that have been day to day grinding with him know what went wrong. If I think right. he's a lost cause with some talent, he's gone. I'm not, and I'm not blinking twice, right? And right, he's on, the first, here, here's he's on my, the first plane with the other ones, and I'm like, God, thank God we got that guy out of here. You know, we're finally before his value plummets. But if they believe, because if him, I'm the Reds here, and I can get Groshans and Martinez, and I can potentially have them both figure it out, right? Yes. Let's say that that we get Groshans and, and we figure it out, um, 
and then we get Martinez, and he is who he is. And I can potentially have both those guys in, in my big league lineup next year. As the Cincinnati Reds, we have nothing, nothing right now, yeah. right? Which is why they're selling it off, and they've made some weird moves. And there's a problem with my ownership right now, too. So I need as many young young pieces as I can get because they're not letting me pay people. They're, you know, I'm on the outs with my ownership right now. So if I can do this and I can move Castillo and, and the Toronto Blue Jays are willing to give me two guys who I can plug into my lineup and play on the infield for the next several years and potentially start to turn this thing over a little quicker because, you know, both younger guys, both guys that, you know, again – could potentially be in my lineup for a long time. Juice, they do a lot of different things. You know, I I, w- I would do that. Yeah, and and just and like I said, from from my standpoint, it's more of just understanding like what's good. Like like when the Nationals traded Lucas Giolito, right? Everybody was like, "That's horrible. That was a horrible trade." But the Nationals knew he was broke, right? At right. the time, he was. He had to fix a lot of – he was right. the worst starting pitcher his first full season. So, like, that's what the nitty-gritty of this trade deadline that, like – I mean, we don't even have the contacts, let alone the understanding. I mean, I know that people that actually have contacts with teams and MLB organizations will always reach out and say, you know, like, what – do we have something are we like people at baseball america will reach out and be like do we have something wrong about jordan groshans with the fact that he was right. the fourth piece whereas for us we're just going like i love groshans i liked him in the low minors i thought he was a you know burgeoning prospect coming up the the ranks and then he kind of tanked and so yes, what's going on it's the re- it's the same reason why they had no problem sending um austin martin to the twins for right. barriers. Everybody barriers. was like, he's a top Along with Simeon Woods Richardson. Yeah, and both of them. Look at both of them. They're both a shell of what they were when they were traded, and they just jumped yes. on, the, on the value of at the time. They knew Austin Martin. He was producing like 86 average eggs and below in the month in the mid minors. And they rushed him to double A, but they're like, dude, this bat don't play. Right at this level, and you know that's the biggest thing is being able to know. Like we don't know the nitty gritty of what's wrong with Jordan Groshans. So if he is the throw in, I would guess he's broke, and the Reds are going to have to fix it. If he isn't the throw in, if he they believe in him, they still think he has value. Everything like that. Then you would then you wouldn't go that extra step, right? You can't. "Mm -hmm." Not with you Beltre. can't give up both him no, and Martinez, not all three of them. right? And Beltre, who's right? Know, like, because right. that's why I have no problem giving up Martinez anyway. Is because I'm like, well, you know, we're deep at that position. We got right. Chapman, lock him up. He's he's at at the at the least, you know, plus defender and hits for power. Right? That's what Martinez could be without probably Matt Chapman's defense. So that's probably Martinez. Probably not is, Matt Chapman's defense. Yeah. Right? And is a little bit worse, Matt Chapman. Exactly. So we'll take Matt Chapman for the next couple of years. Jordan Groshans, you know, his swing's not figured out. He's still kind of blocked. I mean, Kevin Biggio isn't the player he once was and what once was perceived to be. And then Beltre's our guy, right? Like, he's our future. When Bobachette's hit free agency, we're hoping we can finally use Beltre to 
to kind of pencil him in and, and replace him. So that's where it gets tough is just being able to understand is we can't get rid of all three if we believe all three are future big leaguers, right? Like, you know, like at the end of the day, like if we think all three are going to be valuable big leaguers and produce on a day-to-day you can't basis. can't do it. It's a little too yeah. much. Especially because, but if you know, I'm the when you talk about infielders, middle infielders specifically, they can play three positions in the big leagues. It's not correct. corner outfielder, first base, catcher kind of guy. Correct. Like, like Jordan Groshans comes up, he goes to second. Okay. You know, Beltre mm-hmm. comes up, he goes to short, Bobachet moves to third. There's so much you can do from that position. Right. Whereas when you have the guys that are, you know, stuck at a corner outfit, the power bats that are stuck at a corner outfitter, they're not going nowhere. No, they're staying right, and and that's why sometimes those guys get blocked. Yep, because there isn't as much positional flexibility, and sometimes those outfielders can kick out to a corner. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you're telling me it makes it a little athletic, bit easier. Yeah, with how athletic Bo Bichette is, he couldn't play a good left field, a good right. serviceable left Correct. field. I mean, Correct, he would play above average left he'd field. Play an above average left field. There's no doubt about it. So right. that's, he could that's, play a serviceable center field. Yeah, exactly. Which is why teams right. tend to draft Correct. up the middle, and then you move from there. Uh huh. And Correct. that's kind of the thought process. And then you know, and if you're a corner guy, you better have legit juice. You have to have a legit tool that is not your arm. Correct. Pretty much it. Because right. arms are irrelevant in the offense. <laughs> yes, they are. Um, and if you don't believe it. Watch the Phillies Brave series with Nick Castellanos and Marcel Azuna running around out there. <laughs> oh my God! It's like the I mean, YMCA in the summer, bro. Noodles yeah. out there. Yeah, it's not good. Um, so in our world, Juan Soto is a Cardinal, Luis Castillo is a Blue Jay, and Frankie Montas is a Yankee. Let's see if that happens. Let's see what happens. It'll be interesting to see. Next time we talk, who is where and what has gone on. Um, this Frankie weekend, Montas couple with good the s- Yankees. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Matt amazing. Frankie Montas. Uh, this f- <laughs> yeah. Be good. Um, Sorry. Series to watch for me this weekend is the Mariners and Astros. The Mariners just got swept by the Astros. Last weekend, out of the break, they got another chance to take a swing at the big dog again, just like we talked about the Mets measuring stick against the Yankees. For the Mariners, here's another opportunity. You're not going to catch them. It prob- I, don't, I don't see the Astros folding um, with two months to go. But for the Mariners, yes, getting to the playoffs is probably your goal because it's been so long. But always good to see where you, where you stack up, especially the series before the deadline. Because um, if you're Jerry Depoto, you've probably completely switched your thinking here in the last month um, with just how hot they've gotten and some, you know, the teams in the AL East who they're competing with for playoff spots beating up on each other. So that's going to be an exciting series this weekend. Take a look. Check it out. Um, Any last thoughts? Can't think of any trade deadlines. My favorite time of the year. The best time of the year. It's just news on news on news. And next episode, we'll have a lot more with some of the other smaller pieces that are to be dealt. And hopefully we've had some trades between now and then that we can also break down yeah. um, and talk about. It's Like you said, it's the most exciting time of the year. 
other than that, that's been it for episode one. Make sure you click download, subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review. Um, follow us on the socials. Uh, we'll see you next time. Thank <laughs> you.